0: This is the week ahead, brought to you by Advisorpedia and powered by Tomatica Research. I'm Chris Versace, Tomatica's Chief Investment Officer. And joining me once again, I think from Italy, I'm not sure, is Tomatica's Chief Macro Strategist, Lenore Hawkins. Lenore, where, where, once again, we have to ask ourselves, <laughs> almost like Carmen Sandiego, where in the world are
1: you? Yes. Well, so last week was Ireland. Today is actually back in Italy. Today flew from Dublin to Amsterdam to Milan, and then drove to my home in Como. It's um, and
0: how and how was that? Because you know I... here, here in the U.S., you know things are, are get starting slowly but getting back to normal. Restaurants are opening. You know we're we're seeing um, things being open more. More people are going back to work. But the story that we've heard over the last week, 10 days in Europe is wildly different. Germany was flirting with renewed lockdowns. We're hearing the Eurozone is saying, too bad UK, no vaccine for you, Uh, that sort of thing. So what's it really like over there?
1: Uh, The airports were shocking. It really is a tale of two pandemics. Whereas in the US, you go into an airport and it feels, okay, maybe it's a little bit light, but it doesn't feel shockingly different. Uh, Dublin airport was almost completely empty. That's a major international airport. Schiphol in Amsterdam wasn't too bad. Milan was almost completely empty. <laughs> sorry,
0: the, uh, I'm sorry.
1: Schiphol. What, what was the name of that airport? Schiphol <laughs> in Amsterdam, Schiphol. which, is, okay, which okay. is one of the busiest, both Schiphol and um, Heathrow in London. Those are two of the busiest airports in Europe, and both of them are almost completely empty. So it is. It's it's pretty weird. It's 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 not a whole lot of fun traveling. It's very so, very different. The amount of paperwork to just travel around, the amount of coronavirus mm-hmm, tests you have mm-hmm. to have done is unbelievable. So I,
0: I I've known you for a long time, and I know that you you yeah. travel back and forth quite a bit. Yes. Um, but uh, you know I'm sure the folks who've been listening to the to our conversations over here in the week ahead are probably scratching their heads to some extent, like I am. Um, you left the state of California. Yeah. that as of April 1st is going I to know. open up the floodgates for vaccine yeah. to go to a place to that yeah. you're probably not gonna get vaccinated oh, until sure. sometime in the summer. Sure,
1: I am, I'm questioning my sanity at this point.
0: Okay, all right.
1: Uh, but we're on the same page there. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully,
0: that's, hopefully that's not the jet lag talking. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, you know, when we step back and look at last week, which we, we always yeah. do here in order to talk about, you know, the coming week, um, You know, we got a bunch of February economic data. Um, We had some other companies make some announcements and earnings, but I, 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 you know, from a big picture, my sense on some of the economic data is yes, month over month, weaker, existing home sales, uh, new home sales, durable orders. But when we look on a year over year basis, there's reasons to be optimistic because all of those numbers we're positive on a year-over-year basis. So uh, how are you looking at all of this?
1: Well, one of the things that has me concerned definitely is the looking at the Citibank Economic Surprise Index because uh, that's a really good metric. Um, mm-hmm. It's back down to the June 2020 level. So that's at a, a nine-month low. And that's a sign that economic momentum is really slowing down. And something else to keep in mind at the beginning of the month, the Atlanta Fed uh, estimate for first quarter GDP was ten percent.
0: <laughs> they just
1: revised it. Then they've been revising it. So it was ten percent at the beginning of the month. Then it got revised down a couple of times. It was at five point four coming into this week, and they just today revised it down to four point seven percent from ten percent. Uh, so less now- than half. So that tells me the data coming in not so fantastic.
0: So. Here, here's the thing with that, right? We, I, we both know that the New York Fed, sorry, the Atlanta Fed
1: cannot be
0: trusted. Their data is all over the map. Um, I prefer to look at the New York Fed, their now cast model. But to your point, uh, at the end of February, it was around 8.7%. And as of today, uh, it was revised lower to 6.05%. So I totally feel what you're is, saying.
1: We see the yeah, data but, coming in but, weaker.
0: But what bothers me more about that is what the New York Fed model has for the second quarter, which is all of 0.7% now compared to 3.9% just four weeks ago. That to me is a little more worrisome.
1: Yeah, you got to keep in mind how much of GDP is really dependent on the Fed, or sorry, the, the federal government sending out checks. We get these bumps in spending, and you look at spending well, month after month. This thing. big bump up, and then but that. Then but crash. that's the
0: thing. That's the thing, though, right? So we know the Biden relief checks only started to hit maybe, you know, mid to late March, which means that we should see a pickup in April spending. So it's it's even a little more disconcerting to me that that second quarter GDP number is only zero point seven percent. But I, I think we we have to back off a little bit though, and I say that because these models are not really to some extent they're forecasted models, but they're not really as forward looking as some Wall Street economists uh, might be in the sense that they're looking forward and, and, and really forecasting out a number of different streams to work back to their GDP forecast.
1: Fair, but the either way, the data coming in is coming in weaker. Mm-hmm. So I think- we Oh, no doubt. That, that the data is coming in. And we even, we heard from uh, Fed Chairman Jay Powell on uh, mm-hmm. Thursday, he said that the Fed's not going to take the punch bowl away until the uni- U.S. economy is, quote, all but fully recovered. And then Evans from the Chicago, uh, he also tends to be more of a centrist. He said that the inflation we are to see is, quote, transitory, and that the Fed will end up, quote, struggling to get inflation to 2%, and that it might be until 2024 before we actually raise our interest rate target. So the well- Fed... And they get a lot of data. They're also not seeing a whole lot of reasons to think that this economy may be accelerating to the point where we have to be concerned with inflation.
0: Well, what, what did you make of the PCE price index that came out late last week? Because when I was looking at it, uh, the core index was up, I think, one point four percent in February, actually down a tick compared to January.
1: Yeah, across the board, we're seeing signs that inflation is really just not going to be a big con- a big concern
0: except for shipping costs.
1: But that's not inflation. (laughs) When prices go up, that's not... I'm sorry, when prices go up on something, that is not inflation. Inflation is the... The purchasing power of the dollar has gone down, or whatever currency you're talking about has gone down. The fact that we're seeing shipping costs so high is because there's a massive demand and the ships are all in the wrong places. You've got this huge pileup. So you have a su- supply is down with demand up. So prices go up. It's not inflation when all the orange trees in Florida don't produce oranges that summer. So I, that's a little different. That's not inflation, that's a supply demand problem.
0: No doubt, no doubt. But I, I I think we are seeing shipping costs uh, jump dramatically higher as a result of the Suez Canal blockage uh, that well, we're that, hearing that quite help. a bit about. We,
1: we already had a, a global supply chain that was struggling, and now you've got this big old tankers that's spread across the Suez Canal, which could really, really spike up prices even more. It was the last thing we needed to see. So if-
0: let me so let me let me ask you this. You know, if we've got stimulus checks going out and the economy's reopening, there, there's reasons to think that certain service sector parts of the economy should continue to do a little better. But what we're hearing about the ramp down in automotive production, chip shortage, um, you know what you were just talking about in terms of supply chains, you know, rising shipping costs, there, there are some headwinds out there for the manufacturing economy that, that could kind of weigh on things when companies report their March quarter earnings, possibly. Or, or at least got. Uh,
1: yes, and I think we've already seen that an awful lot of positive news has already been priced in. For example, we've seen Walmart shares have been hit more than 10%, they've down more than 10%. And that's usually a poster child for extended jobless benefits and those stimulus checks coming out and it's getting hit. Um, when you see Intel announcing that it's gonna expand its plants, it's it's going to start with, um, like it on the world. This is what happens when you travel through a bunch of different countries And So day. they,
0: anna- they yeah. announced that they're going to spend 20 billion on two fabs in Arizona. Yeah. They're also going to announce later a in I the year <laughs> a, a, additional capacity uh, enhancements and improvements in uh, the U.S., Europe, and other geographies. They also said, which was interesting to me, that they're going to enter the foundry space, which could be, yes. in my view, a, a, a way to placate Apple moving inside with their own Apple Silicon.
1: And when they announced that, you would have thought that'd be a good thing. Share price opened up 6%, but then it closed down 2.3% for the day. So that's yeah, but, telling but, me that the market's got a lot of good stuff already priced in.
0: I, I, I hear you on that, but all the semi-cap suppliers, Applied Materials, LAM Research, KLA, core, all popped. And, and I believe, don't hold me to this, I think like Applied finished last week up 10%. So there, there are some positive week. aspects. You, you lost me, you're talking
1: no, that that I'm talking about that happened this week, not last week. or oh, last week, you're talking last this week, last week, I didn't know which week you were talking about. But how about how about
0: we talk about the week ahead?
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: Okay, let's do that. What what economic data are you looking at? And what, what are you expecting?
1: Well, I'll be looking at the house price index because this past week, we got some housing data that wasn't so great. Mortgage applications fell 2.5%. They've now been down three weeks in a row. Um, we've seen a lot of refinancing is not doing so great. Obviously that's happening with uh, mortgage rates going up. We said housing stop- starts have dropped over 10% after a in February after a 5% drop in January. New home sales dropped as well. Now, a lot of this has been attributed to the weather. And yeah, some of that's true, but we saw it in all regions. So we saw these these downturns in areas where the weather wasn't really hitting at all. So I'll be looking to see what's going on with the FHFA house price index that comes out on Tuesday. Um, Also the Case-Shiller home price index. Also looking to see consumer confidence, right? Because are people feeling really good seeing things starting to open up? right? Because we're, we're seeing that savings rates have been going up and there's all this expectation that is people get vaccinated, we can go out, we can eat in restaurants and maybe even give each other a hug and that that's going <laughs> to really boost consumer confidence. I want to see if that's what's going on. Right,
0: right. So you, you want to see if the rubber is likely to hit the road.
1: Yeah. And also going to okay. be looking at the manufacturing PMIs. Uh, so far, what we've been seeing is that manufacturing has been much stronger than the service sector through much of the world, which is kind of an obvious thing, right? Tough to have the service sector going strong when you've got all these lockdowns. Um, we'll be focusing on the, more on the Asia with Japan, China, also seeing what's happening in the EU, because I know here in Italy, in Germany, you've got big, big lockdowns. Although well, people aren't paying, people aren't listening as much as they used to do it. We've got draconian no. lockdowns, but you do see more activity than you would expect.
0: Well, everybody's got, you know, fatigue, you know, from that. Time but time. but yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think you're spot on um, with the uh, market economic manufacturing PMIs that we'll get as whenever we look at this data, you know, there's a bevy of items to kind of chew through. I, I think given the renewed lockdowns, it'll be very interesting to see what the new order data is, because of course that's going to set up what's likely to happen in the month of April. So just really watching that inflection point, um, as well as, uh, of course, the inflationary data that is contained within there. Um, those will be the big things, but Friday, when the market is closed because of the, uh, Easter holiday, so there's a nice three-day weekend coming for everybody, which uh, newsflash means we'll be coming at you, I guess, the same time, even though there's a, three, even though there's a three-day weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Next week, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, enough of that. Um, but the employment report will be out on Friday when the market's closed, which probably means there'll be a lot more chatter about that um, on the that Monday, which I think is the, if I'm doing this right in my head two, three, four, the fifth, April 5th. So that, but that'll be something to watch. And I, and, and again, looking to see how the reopening is happening and what types of jobs are coming. I I think last month, Lenore, there was a big jump. Was it, was it restaurants and retails if I remember correctly?
1: Mm -hmm. We saw a big boom. Yep.
0: Yeah. So again, that, that'll be worth watching to gauge the degree to which the reopening is continuing to expand and, and strengthen. Um, And the, Yes. I
1: think too, when we're looking at those things, another one to be keeping an eye on is what's going on with both bond yields and with the dollar. Because the dollar this past week, it managed to break up the DXY index, broke through its 200-day moving average. And right when it looked like it was going to actually start really moving up, it fell back down. So it hit that 200-day and got stuck. Now, if the dollar does strengthen, that's not so great for pro-cyclical stocks. Uh, that's gonna be kind of tough for emerging markets and emerging market stocks have seen record inflows so that'll make the in recent months. So that'll be really painful for those new guys that have come in. I'll also be keeping an eye on that.
0: Okay, so that's, that's the economic outlook. On the earnings front, look, we're crossing from March into April. It means that a lot of companies are going into the, I'm using air quotes for those who can't see this, um, quiet period where companies don't really say too much. Uh, we'll be on. We'll want to be on the lookout for earnings pre-announcements, both positive and negative. And, and the suggestion I ha- I would have for subscribers, and it's something that I'm going to do, is really listen to the companies that are starting to re- that will report uh, this coming week and the following week, leading up to the real meat of uh, the March quarter earnings season beginning. Listen to those companies, assemble the data points, assemble the insights, so you're prepared what is likely to happen. And and with that in mind, uh, we've got a handful of companies that are really worth paying attention to this week. One of my favorite companies, uh, McCormick & Co. um, I challenge any listener not to find something uh, in terms of one of their products in your household. Uh, We've also got Blackberry, uh, which again, coming off of uh, the SolarWinds hack and several other high profile attacks, including the Microsoft uh, Exchange Outlook hack. It'll be very interesting to hear what they have to say. Uh, Lenore, Lululemon Athletica, what do you think? Yoga pants?
1: Oh, uh, I, <laughs> actually, I want to hear about their sales of Mirror because that's going to be, what is their outlook on that? Are people going to start going back to the gym or are people going to continue to think this whole working out from home is really where they want to go? Are those sales going to continue to rise as they look forward?
0: That's a great point. we also got uh, Walgreens Boots And, you know, while people sift through the usual front of store, back of store data that they provide, I think the real question is going to be, what are they seeing on uh, the pace of vaccines? How are they deploying vaccinations uh, across their footprint? And, you know, how does that look? Not only recently, but what are they projecting into the quarter? Um, And then the other big tech company to watch is going to be memory company Micron, uh, you know, one, we know that memory prices have been moving higher, but what is their outlook for devices, whether it's PCs, smartphones, and the like? That'll be interesting in setting up the March quarter earnings season.
1: And with what we've been hearing about all of the mess in the auto sector, given what's going on with chips, CarMax on Thursday.
0: I think that's right. By the way, did you hear that Renaissance had a fire in one of its clean rooms? And just just by yes, way of background.
1: Yes, because that's what we needed. Problems with chips. So Renaissance has a fire and problems with global shipping. So we have a boat across the Suez Canal. I mean, is somebody having fun here or what? <laughs> this is like a colossal Oops. joke. It's hey, just hey, just, re- you
0: all. <laughs> just remember that old joke. How do you know that God has a sense of humor? Because he invented the platypus. Always remember that. Anyway. With that said, Lenore, I think that's pretty much uh, the week ahead.